91.3 KXCI Tucson, Real People, Real Radio. Good afternoon to our friends and listeners. We appreciate you tuning in today to 91.3 KXCI, Tucson's community radio. This is Aspen Green with my co-host, Kathy Harris, and we're bringing you Broad Perspectives Radio, a program by women, about women, but for everyone. You can learn more on the Broad Perspectives program page at kxci.org. And thanks to everyone who became sustaining members or just gave one-time donations during this week's fall drive. It's because of you that we are here today and able to do our show. Whether you listen online, over the air, or to a podcast, your support is a direct connection to the greater good of our community media, so we thank you. We have a really important show for you today. Our guest is Gina Gillis, the Special Events Manager for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. She also does other events and walks to raise awareness and help raise money for suicide prevention. We're going to learn much more about this worthy cause and other unrelated activities of Gina. So I'll hand the mic over to you, Kathy. <laughs> Thanks, Aspen. And yes, we are very fortunate to have Gina Gillis here today. As you said, she is the Special Events Manager for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, or the AFSP covering both Arizona and New Mexico. She has a long history in the nonprofit sector, including local organizations such as SARSEF and Tucson Wildlife Center. Gina began volunteering for AFSP after losing her 26-year-old son to suicide in 2015 and entered her new role with the organization in 2022. Gina lives in Tucson with her two dogs, Buddha and Nala, and is an active part of the local punk music community. Gina, welcome to our show. Thank you. Let's start with a little more about you. I just have to ask you a fun question. We want to know a little more about how you're involved in the punk music community. That's unusual for our show because we're a couple of old folkies. So tell us about the punk scene. Sure. So Tucson actually has a very vibrant punk community with wonderful, wonderful, generous people. I was a punk rocker when I was a teenager, very rebellious, and uh, snuck out all the time to go to shows uh, in the East Bay. And when I lost my son, I actually realized I had kind of drifted away from that part of my world. So I re-embraced it, and I've become very, very active. There are some wonderful bands that are local here to Tucson. There's always shows going on. <laughs> so... And some of the fashion and, you know, hair color choices are reflected in my appearance, but Initially, it was all about rebellion and freedom of expression, and I appreciate those things to this day. So, Yes, and I will point out to our radio audience that your hair is blue, and it's magnificent. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for that fun fact about you. That tells us a lot about you, especially since we're discussing a very serious issue today. You lost your 26-year-old son, Zach, to suicide eight years ago. First of all, we're so sorry for that enormous loss. You know, most of us can't even imagine what that must be like. Can you help us understand what helped you get through that time? Absolutely. So first and foremost, an incredible support system of friends and family that spanned actually two states because we're originally from California. I would not have made it through that first six months, or I feel like I wouldn't have without their support. And then I found a local survivors of suicide loss group following that, which helped me a little bit more. 
And then finding me out of the darkness walks opened up a whole new world of healing for me. And then the one thing that still is going on to this day is time, just time distance from the loss. Okay. And we'll hear more about all those kind of support systems a little bit later. But I was wondering, you also have another son, Cameron. How did he get through that time? And and how is he doing now? Well, now he's doing great. For the first year following our loss, he was my rock. I couldn't see at the time how much he was struggling with his own loss of his brother and keeping everything bottled up to be strong for me. That all eventually took its toll and the grief had to come out. But now he sees a therapist and he still does struggle with anxiety. But when I think back to those initial times, you know, that first two years following our loss, it's so strange. You become enveloped in this bubble. You don't see what anybody else around you is going through. You're very internalized with your grief. I'm happy to say that he's doing very well now. <laughs> Good. And was he younger or older than your 20? Younger. He was five years younger. That was his big brother. Oh, okay. So he was only 21. Yes. Wow. That's tough. Okay. Well, I'm glad he's doing better now. And doing yes, fine. Yes. Okay. So then you ended up working for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention or getting involved with them. Tell us how that happened. I love my story. <laughs> I have my dream job now. I could do this for an eternity. So I initially found the Out of the Darkness Walks and I attended it. And I thought, this is amazing. This is a wonderful event. I want to volunteer for this. And at the time I was doing taxes. So it was a drastically different thing to volunteer for something like this. I found out more about the organization. Next thing I knew, I was serving on the board of directors and then as the walk chair. And during this time when my volunteer duties were kind of developing, I realized that I needed to learn more about what the organization did and how I could help it more. I was a walk chair, which entails some fundraising and community engagement. And I thought, well, you know, I, maybe I'm good at this. Maybe I need to get a job doing this. So I actually initially applied for the job many, many years ago and I didn't get it. And I couldn't figure out why I didn't get it. And I realized because I haven't learned what I need to learn first. So I started working for local nonprofits, uh, Tucson Wildlife Center first, and then SARCEF. I love doing what I do. I love being able to interact with the community, to get corporations to donate money and sponsorships, and really connecting with each different community for each different event that we have. I cover both Arizona and New Mexico, and it's just amazing. <laughs> I really love my job. <laughs> well, I can see why you love your story, too. That is a great story about how you got involved with that. Now, the AFSP, this is their 35th anniversary, I think I read. Tell us about its history. How did it start? So it started in 1987, which is interesting to me to think about. I'm like, that's the year I graduated high school. It was compiled by a group of friends, coworkers, and colleagues, different people, family members that all had lost somebody to suicide. And they knew they needed to make a change. They needed to do something because nothing was out there at that time that was in support of suicide prevention, suicide loss. And they also, once they met, they noticed that there was an increase in the rate of suicide. So they banded together to make a change, and it's just grown exponentially since that day. You know, you're such a good example of somebody taking a personal tragedy and making it into something positive that helps other people. Good for you. We are appreciative of that. So tell us in general, what services does AFSP offer? Well, we don't actually offer any direct services. Rather, we provide free programs and resources across the United States. We do, however, partner with a number of local and national organizations who offer direct services, such as the Crisis Text Line, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and the Trevor Project. 
We are happy to partner with them and they enable us to spread the word and provide additional resources for people. Okay. What is the Trevor Project? The Traveler Project is amazing. So they provide crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning young people between the ages of 13 and 24, I believe. They're just an incredible resource for people to have. Give us some facts about suicide. How many are there every year and maybe in Arizona specifically? And are there some populations that are more susceptible to suicide than others? Nationally, it's the 11th leading cause of death. That's as of our numbers from 2021. There is a delay in getting those details. There were 48,183 deaths by suicide. And what's an even more staggering number to me is there was 1.7 million suicide attempts. And that just is mind boggling. I mean, we think about the United States as being this gigantic place. And there are that many people that felt that they didn't know how to escape their pain. That's one of the reasons why I love what I do. As far as locally goes, it's the 10th leading cause of death in Arizona. More startling than that, though, it is the second leading cause of death in our state for ages 10 to 34. So that is a huge block of young adults and youth that are desperately in need of suicide prevention. And in Arizona, in I believe it's 1,363 deaths at that same time frame. Populations that are more susceptible to it. In the United States, white males have the highest rate of suicide. Nationally, though, American Indian males, the rate has been increasing over the last two years that we have data for. Okay, those are staggering numbers, I must say. Very disturbing. And, you know, it's so heartbreaking to imagine a person being so miserable with their life that they would actually end it. Do we know why people do such a desperate thing? That is the big question. That is the question that every suicide loss survivor asks as well. Through research, we've learned that there's no single cause for suicide. It most often occurs when there are several stressors and health issues that converge to kind of create this perfect experience of hopelessness and despair. There may be one event that was kind of the last straw, but in general, it most often there's several different things going on, whether it's a health condition, a chronic health issue, environmental factors, a wide variety of things. Okay. And are there signs that might alert us that someone could be thinking about suicide? Absolutely. So one of the things that we discuss in one of our programs is talk, behavior, and mood. Those three things. Talk can be speaking about taking their own life directly or saying that they don't want to be a burden anymore. We'd be better off without them. Behavior can be any number of things from sleeping more than usual you know, very erratic behavior, spending more than usual, giving away possessions is another big one. And then for mood, it can range anywhere from isolation and um, depression to rage or even apathy. So there's a wide range of it. I personally think that if you notice any one of these things that's completely out of character for that person, if they're sleeping a ton and they don't usually sleep that much, or if they're sleeping very little and they usually have a regular schedule, I think that any of those could be signs. Is there something we should do if we notice someone going through that? One of the best things you can do is talk. The reason our program, our keynote program is called Talk Saves Lives is because that is important. If you can talk to them in private, listen to their story, listen to what it is that's going on with them, express concern and caring, asking directly about suicidal thoughts is super important. Don't be afraid to ask that question. Are you thinking of suicide? Are you thinking of taking your own life? That isn't going to make it more likely that they are going to do that. It's actually opens and takes the pressure off so that somebody can talk about it. 
You can also encourage them to take action to seek mental health services. And if in crisis, take them to help as long as it's safe for you. That's great advice. We want to talk more about some of these specific programs you've mentioned, but I think right now we're going to do a music break. Aspen, what have we got? I just want to say how lucky other survivors are to have people like you who turn their tragedy into a, like a passionate path for helping others. And it's rare that I hear somebody loves to raise money. Do you know how many organizations would love to have people like you? I do. Uh, <laughs> my last employer was very sad to see me go. And I had told them, I love my job there. I love it. My dream is to do this for suicide prevention. They're so lucky to have you. You chose a song today that's called Take Back the Power. Do you want to tell us why you chose that song for today's show? For me, it's kind of an anthem. There's lines in it about, are you a leader or will you follow? It's so multifaceted. For me personally, it means that I'm going to take charge of my life. I'm going to be the one who sets the stage and decides what I do next. And if that means I'm going to be working in nonprofits or if it means I'm going to love on my dogs for three hours straight. <laughs> Um, but it also has a bigger meaning as far as being a, a power for change in your own community. And I think that's super important. People don't realize how much it heals your soul and feeds your spirit to give to others in any kind of service. Okay. So the Interrupters are an American ska punk band formed in Los Angeles in 2011. The band comprises lead vocalist Amy Allen under the moniker Interrupter and drummer Jesse Bavona, bassist Justin Bavona, and the guitarist Kevin Bavona. I think they're all brothers. They have released four studio albums, and the latest, In the Wild, was released in 2022, along with the album's lead single, Raised by Wolves. The Interrupters create a welcome environment, encouraging and engaging with their fans who energetically sing along to every song. It's a rallying cry for our times that kind of wakes people up. So let's take a listen to Take Back the Power by the Interrupters. Well, if that doesn't make you take back the power, I don't know what will. 91.3 KXCI Tucson, Real People, Real Radio. And we are back talking with Gina Gillis of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And thank you for that great rousing song. I enjoyed that very much. So let's talk a little bit about some of the more specific programs there are for people who are survivors. Um, you talked just before our break about Talk Saves Lives. Tell us what that's about. So our Talk Saves Lives program is actually, it's kind of an introduction to suicide prevention and covers the general scope of suicide, as well as prevention, common risk factors, warning signs with suicide, and how to keep themselves and other people safe. It's roughly about 60 minutes long, and we do offer that as a free virtual or in-person program. Oh, okay. Good to know. And tell us about the Heaven a Healing Conversation program. How does that work? That's one of my favorite things about AFSP is that I actually still volunteer my time for the Healing Conversations program. So what it is, is it's a one-time visit. It'll either be phone, virtual, or in person that connects somebody that's lost a loved one to suicide with a trained volunteer like myself, who is also a survivor of suicide loss. And at that visit, we provide referrals to suicide loss survivor groups in their area, a book list for lost survivors and other resources, just general tips and things to remember. You know, I was at a funeral many years ago for a friend who ended her life through suicide. And the minister at the service said, there isn't one person here today who is not asking themselves, 
could I have done something to prevent this? And he said, I want you all to know that the answer to that is no. And you could just feel the relief of everybody in that room, because I think everybody asks themselves, if someone ends their life by suicide, is there something I could have done? Is that the kind of thing that this program talks about too? Yeah. So healing conversations is kind of our key support for those people experiencing a loss. However, our out of the darkness walks are also primarily attended by loss survivors. And in addition to that, we also have the International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day, which is held the Saturday before Thanksgiving each year. Incidentally, I'm happy to say there will be one in Tucson this year on November 18th. The event is wonderful. It's where suicide survivors of suicide loss come together to find connection, understanding, and also hope through their shared experiences. That's really wonderful. Thank you for that. Now, AFSP also has public education and community programs. What are they? As I mentioned, the Talk Saves Lives, we also have a program called It's Real, which is geared towards college. It's Real is for our college age group. And then we have More Than Sad, which is geared towards teens. And we administer More Than Sad for both our school counselors, school administrators, as well as teachers and parents. Okay. And I noticed from your website, AFSP also provides training for clinicians and support group facilitators. What do those entail? Is that a long training or how how does that work? I believe that the clinician one is a day program, but the support group facilitator training program is actually a two-day training and it offers suicide prevention organizers, regardless of their role, a way to create and to facilitate a community support group for suicide loss survivors following a loss to suicide. As I said, it's two-day training. I believe it has lectures, interactive discussions, role-playing, a wide variety of different things to really make sure that those facilitators are able to assist with the loss that those people have experienced. Wow, you do so much at that organization. You obviously use a lot of volunteers. So the question is, do you need more volunteers and what kinds of things do you need them to do? We always need volunteers. So we need volunteers for events such as the walk. That takes a huge number of volunteers. Advocacy work. We do have an advocacy program. We need field advocates as well as people that are willing to go and learn a little bit more on our advocacy day and maybe speak to legislators from their districts. We also need people to learn to be presenters for our programs, such as Talk Saves Lives. So there's a lot of different things you can do with us. Yes, I kind of always ask that question with tongue in cheek. Do you need more volunteers? Of course we need more volunteers. (laughs) Okay. You know, I find it interesting that AFSP does research that's so important in this area. Tell us what kind of research, both what they've done in the past and what they're doing presently. We're the largest private funder of suicide prevention research in the United States, which is I'm so proud to be able to say that because so much of what we do in our programs is based upon this research and our findings. So we have a series of research videos as well as publications that are available on our website. But uh, just some takeaways that we've learned from research in the past is that asking someone directly if they're thinking about suicide will not put the idea in their head. Most people will be relieved someone starts a conversation. And it's also really important to remember that We have these annual awards as well as our regular grant focuses. I have a vast wealth of information on all of that on our website, AFSP.org. As far as more recent things that we've done, one of the more recent standard research grants identifying and understanding suicides that take place during encounters with police. And I bring that one up because it's so very important in the current climate and what we see on the news every day to understand that 
we're studying these things. We're trying to learn why these things are happening. Are there predictors? Things like that. Okay. And, you know, we haven't even mentioned that September is actually Suicide Prevention Month, which is one of the reasons we're having you on right now. Are there specific programs or activities going on this month still that we should know about? For this month, we're just kind of doing more social media things. I think we just had our Ask Dr. Jill on Facebook Live. She's our research VP. But as far as coming up, just in general, we have the walk coming up on October 14th. Okay. And tell us about that walk. That's very important. That's my event. (laughs) That's my home (laughs) event. I first attended the Tucson walk following the loss of my son to suicide. And I was introduced to the honor beads, which are these brightly colored beads that you wear around your neck. Each different color represents a different loss or connection to suicide. Everything from blue for supportive suicide prevention to I wear white uh, as representing the loss of a child. And it's amazing to see somebody else across the park from you wearing the same bead as you, same color bead as you, and you immediately have this connection. It's just it's amazing. You're connected. You're not alone. And it's such a beautiful thing. We'll have a resource fair there comprised of sponsors, local behavioral health organizations. And then we have the opening ceremony and it's a brief walk, but it's a really wonderful event. Always a beautiful day. It sounds like it. And again, that's October 14th coming right up. Yes. What's the future at AFSP? Is there more research or programs being planned? What do you expect in the future? Always. We have every year there are new things happening, new research grants, new focus areas. One of the newest programs that just was released within the last year is rolling out more widely now, and that is our Talk Saves Lives program, an introduction to suicide prevention for the Latinx and Hispanic communities. And it approaches everything with a very cultural specific lens. That way we're making sure we're approaching it with cultural humility and really trying to reach out to those communities. And of course, in Arizona, Tucson specifically, that is such a great need for that. And that is offered in both English and Spanish. Oh, that sounds wonderful. That's brilliant. Okay. What are the most important things you want people to know about suicide prevention? What would you want them to take away today? And always assume that you're the only person that's going to reach out. If you suspect that somebody's struggling, please talk to them. You can always call the 988 or the crisis text line 741741 with somebody that's struggling as well. If you're in a situation where you're concerned and you you don't know how to help, you can call 988 and explain the situation so that they can provide you with the best next steps and resources. And my key takeaway is always, whether you've lost somebody to suicide, if you struggle with a mental health issue yourself, or if you support somebody that struggles, you are not alone. There are resources available and you are not alone. Okay, Gina, thanks so much for all this great information. Before we go, tell us where to get information about AFSP, their work, and the walk coming up October 14th, and how to volunteer. (laughs) Absolutely. It's very easy to remember. So it is AFSP.org for our regular national site. AFSP.org forward slash Arizona is where you can find all of the events in the state, as well as our volunteer application. And AFSP.org forward slash Tucson is where you will find all of the walk information and can register for free. Okay, great. I think we are out of time though, right, Aspen? Oh, yes. You know how fast the time goes. And Gina, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. You're definitely one of our Tucson heroes and you do so much for our community coming from your own loss. 
We thank you so much. And yes, I love your hair. And thanks to all of you out there for listening. This is Aspen Green with Kathy Harris, and you've been listening to Broad Perspectives Radio, 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Don't forget to find us on our Broad Perspectives program page at kxci.org. And now don't touch that dial because next up we have Boom Goddess Radio with Jennifer Davis Page. Enjoy your Sunday and we'll see you next week.